Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Orange Brown Talk podcast on a Thursday. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And guess what? We have to talk more about injuries. Uh, more injury news here today on, uh, well, we're here on Wednesday night here at the team facility. So more injury news today. I guess let's start with the newest one, the one that I guess came out of nowhere. And that is Oboe Gronquo. He is out for the season, or I don't know if they've officially said he's out for the season. Kevin kind of danced around that and said, and said he was about Mary Kay. I think you, you, you wrote that he's out for the season. He's out for the season. Um, this is a big one. I, I mean, look, Grant is big. We'll get to him. There's other big ones, but Mary Kay, Obo Ogoronquo is a guy that's come here, had a nice season. He's in a very important role for this team. I think there's a domino effect that comes from this that, that we can get into a little bit that affects some of the guys ahead of him. Um, but this just feels like the latest in a pylon of injuries for this team. And I don't think anybody was expecting this one today. No, that was a shocker. I mean, I did not see that coming at all. I really didn't. I mean, he left the game a couple of times, but he came back into the game. And, you know, we've seen him, we, we saw him very briefly in the locker room today. Uh, there was really no indication about this. And they're still holding out some kind of hope for him. So I have said that he's likely to miss the rest of the season. But what I have written is the fact that he has a torn peck. I don't know how you play with a torn peck. Maybe he wants to try. You know, maybe he's trying to get a second opinion to see if he can do that. But for the most part, you really don't want to play with that. That's something that can get worse. So, you know, I think that there's probably a pretty good chance that he will be on IR before long. Kevin Stefanski even said it's headed that way. So big loss uh, of Oboe. He was doing a really, really nice job. And he's he's been a dynamo, too, just in terms of, you know, in the locker room and on the field and on the sidelines. He's just been a, a very energetic presence and a positive influence on his teammates this season. Uh, he's a great quote for us, right? I mean, you know, he can you can always approach him after a game. Sometimes uh, he'll do a second scrum or a third. And um, he's just been really good for this team. So uh, that one did catch me off guard today. And then, of course, today also uh, they did go ahead and put Grant Delpit on IR for at least the final four games of the season. But he underwent groin surgery. I don't know how you come back from that. 
you know, for the playoffs. But, you know, they're not saying that he's out for the whole entire season. But it might be tough to come back from that. So, Ashley, the loss of Oboe, um, kind of a vibes guy on this yeah. team, right? We've been around yes. that defensive line in the postgame locker room. We hear how boisterous they are and how loud they are. And Oboe's usually right in the middle of that. Uh, but just from a, a on-the-field standpoint, this is a guy that does what Jim Schwartz needs them to do. He creates a bunch of pressure, and he does it from a very important spot, that third edge rusher role. Yeah, and I mean, like Mary Kay, I think, pointed out in our video, like, he's their third edge rusher, but, like, him and Z basically play the same amount of snaps. Like, Jim Schwartz moves Miles Z oboe around. Like, he basically plays starter-level snaps, and... Yeah, right now he has four and a half sacks. That's, I think, you know, he would like to have more, ideally. I'm sure they would like to have him to have more, um, ideally. But right now he's our second leading sack getter on this team. So I think that's a big loss. And, and yeah, I mean, to Mary Kay's point, like, I talked to Oboe after the game. I talked to Mo Hurst after the game. Those guys were their normal selves. I don't think they, you know, anticipated that this is how their week ahead of Chicago would start it, would have started just based on, how they were, like their demeanors and everything. And I think we know like these guys on this team don't really like to talk specifics about their injuries um, to the media. It's just something they've they've been doing this year. They've been keeping that pretty tight-lipped. But it still was surprising. And even like with Oboe in the locker room today, you would never have guessed that this is where this was headed for him. Yeah, really kind of strange. And, you know, I thought it was weird that they – brought Sam Kamara up off the practice squad yesterday, even though Mo Hurst, like Mo Hurst went on IR and that didn't make sense. It's like, so you're bringing up an edge rusher for a defensive tackle. And then all of a sudden, I think we kind of find out why, why they did that. There was still something else uh, coming. Now I mentioned the domino effect here. And when you look at the defensive ends on this team right now, so obviously it's Miles and Zadarius, and then it's Isaiah McGuire. It's Sam Kamara. It's Alex Wright. And I think something to keep an eye on here is if Oboe is gone for the year, I think that actually puts more pressure now on Miles and Z, and especially Miles, who has been playing a lot of snaps anyway. And Jim Schwartz has said that it's not necessarily ideal to play him a lot of snaps. They want to keep him fresh, but here you are, you're in December, you're in a playoff race, you need your best players on the field. And now Mary Kay, I mean, look, Alex Wright has been better this season, but he's been kind of quiet lately. Isaiah McGuire has not really been able to get active much. Sam Kamara, again, he he came out of a spring league. Maybe they they find a diamond in the rough there, but this is going to put a lot of strain on Miles Garrett, who already is playing hurt. And you start to wonder, like, how much you hate to say this with this team because the answer with all these guys has been not much longer, but how much longer can Miles hold up, stay fresh, stay productive? if they've lost a guy that eats up a ton of snaps as an edge rusher. I'll tell you what, the operative notion here is the fact that he has that left shoulder injury, which, you know, he's kind of been downplaying it. The team has been downplaying it. But, you know, maybe there's another reason besides, you know, not getting the holding calls and quick releases on the part of quarterbacks maybe there's another reason why miles hasn't been able to get home and sack the quarterback for the past couple of games now he's got a three game sack drought going he's been stuck in neutral at 13 sacks for the past three weeks that's really unfortunate for him because this was his best chance in my opinion 
to earn NFL Defensive Player of the Year honors. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet because, you know, he, in these last four games, he can make up ground. You know, all you need sometimes is just that one game to capture that attention again. And we know that he had one of those games against the Bears where he uh, he set the club record with four and a half sacks. He's going to need another game like that if he's going to get himself back firmly in the conversation because in these past three weeks, some guys have moved ahead of him in that regard. And so now you're starting to think more of the, you know, the Khalil Max and the TJ Watts for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And he's got definitely got some ground to make up. So, you know, they have to hope that that left shoulder is not like really worse than anybody is letting on. But Miles did say after this past game, if you saw my shoulder, it looks like I got scratched up by a feral <laughs> cat. So, you know, I mean, is that code for my shoulder hurts again? You know, like I'm, I'm not in a good place right now. So, yeah, this is, um, this is going to be a little tough. Oboe, is a, he's a big loss. And once again, you know, you go from 13 sacks with Miles Garrett all the way down to four and a half. It was never supposed to be like that in the first place. You were supposed to have three guys approaching double-digit sacks, all three of those guys. Z, Oboe, and Miles. And it's actually a little puzzling that it hasn't worked out that way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of odd. I mean, and, the numbers right? are like last year, right, yeah. when this was a problem. And this right. is what we kept harping on. Exactly. So, yeah, so, I, you know, as, as it stood already, you know, they were trying to, uh, you know, find other guys to get involved in the sack party so that it's not all falling on Miles. Yeah, so Ashley, I'm looking at it right now. Miles has already played 81.34% of the defensive snaps. Uh, Zadarius is at 59.33. Oboe is at 55.86. So to to the point earlier, they've been about the same. Mm -hmm. So now, I mean, they're not just going to ignore, like Alex Wright is going to play more, right? Isaiah McGuire is probably going to be active and play more. But you still are going to have to have Miles and Zadarius out there because you're just not going to get the sack production out of those guys. So now you're going to ask Miles to increase from an already high level. I mean, we see Zadarius goes down every game and, you know, has to come off the field for like, you know, how much longer can Zadarius hold up? It just becomes, you know, if you're going to ask these guys to do more and play more snaps and if 17 game season, there's still four games left. It's going to be hard to keep even your top line guys upright or at least keep them fresh. Yeah, I mean, especially with Miles, with what we've seen in recent years, which is, you know, when he gets injured, he's typically run out of gas or something else happens, like in the case of the COVID year. Um, He can run out of gas in terms of his own production. So I definitely think, look, you're you're possibly risking that more. I mean, we know Z's had, had trouble with that ankle. Like when he's gone down in these recent games, he goes to the med tent, he maybe comes out and has some extra tape on one of his ankles or whatever. I mean, it is a concern, I think. But like, to your point, Dan, like I am curious, like how much is Jim Schwartz going to want to up these guys' contributions because of that? And does, but does he feel like, he can trust some of those younger guys is the flip side of that. You know, we've barely seen Isaiah McGuire. I think he's been active for like one game or something like that. And he made, I remember, a good play in that game. But that's a very extremely small sample size. He has barely gotten any reps. Like, it's a big ask. And same with Alex Wright, who just, you know, doesn't really get those sacks. That's been his story so far the first two years of his career. So, 
I think it's a tough dilemma for Jim Schwartz. It's a tough thing to balance because, yeah, I don't think you want to run those two guys into the ground. But how much more can you get out of them to try to keep your production on par with what it is now? Alex Wright has played 200 defensive snaps. Isaiah McGuire has played 15 yeah. defensive snaps. So it's it's going to be a big step up for those guys too. So again, it's just more more testing your depth, putting more of a strain on, on those top-end guys. Well, and I don't know if we were going to get to this point, but when you talk about the interior D-line too, we're looking at probably more snaps for Siaki Ika, who has not been active in a single game yet this year. So that's another guy who's interesting. I talked to him today. He, you know, he talked about what I think what a lot of those younger guys talk about when they know that they're getting a chance, and it's the taking the mental reps and learning from the vets and stuff. But I do think like this is a true test to see like, okay, your third round pick, you, you know, should be able to do something here. How can you, you know, how has your development gone? How much have you taken into your own hands with this? But it's a, it's a big ask, I think, too, on that interior line, which is a, a bit healthier, but they have Jordan Elliott in the concussion protocol, too. Um, but overall, you know, I think they, they have some more options there. But Siaki's definitely a guy that's going to have to step into a new role, I think. Yeah, I had forgotten that Jordan Elliott was in the concussion protocol. Me too, until because, today. fun fact, I tried to go up to Jordan Elliott today to ask him a question <laughs> about Mo Hurst. And he said, I'm really sorry. They told me I can't talk when I'm in the protocol. And I said, oh, my goodness, you're right. I'm sorry I even asked and walked that's, away. But, yeah, that's another interesting conundrum I think they have there on that line. I've, I've done that before. Um, it was a guy we actually randomly brought up earlier today. It was Mac Wilson. I was looking for somebody to talk to in the locker room, and I went up to him when he was still here, and the, somebody on the communication staff came sprinting over and was like, no, he can't talk. He's in concussion protocol. All right, I just threw my phone. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to touch on something Mary Kay uh, brought up earlier. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. So Mary Kay, you mentioned it. Uh, I almost said Juan Thornhill. <laughs> That's another guy we should talk about. But Grant Delpit is now on IR. And I'm kind of with you on this. I hear the word surgery. And I understand not all surgeries are created equal, of course. And we've seen guys have surgeries and play like that week, right? Like a broken thumb or something like that. But Grant's going to be gone for the rest of the regular season. Kevin did not rule him out, rule him, rule out him coming back for the playoffs. But how likely do you think that is that a guy who's having surgery that is going to keep him out for a month is going to be able to come back and play and play well in, in playoff games if the Browns get to say like the divisional round? I think it will be hard. And I can't see a situation in which he misses these four games after the surgery, which he has already had, by the way. Uh, and then all of a sudden comes back in the wild card round. You know what I mean? That seems like it would be a really fast turnaround from a, you know from a torn groin muscle. I think that would be very very difficult to do. Maybe they're hoping against hope that if they go deep into the playoffs, that he can come back. You know, maybe a little bit later than that. Uh, maybe he'll be back for the 
Super Bowl or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they're, they're not ruling them out again, as you mentioned. But, uh, you know, I, I think it would be a reach to think that he will be back out on the field in, you know, just a little over a month. So, Juan Thornhill is dealing with a calf injury that he suffered in pregame, kept him out of the game on Sunday. We could be looking at Ronnie Hickman, DeAnthony Bell, a couple of undrafted free agents. Bell, two years ago, Hickman this year. Um, they did call up Deron Harmon. He is not an undrafted free agent. He comes here with three Super Bowl rings, so there's that. He's a veteran guy. Um, but Ashley, this is going to, again, as everything has this season, it's going to test that that next man up mantra for sure. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's getting kind of dicey. I mean, at least to their credit, both Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell have played and like played recently and, you know, didn't go so bad in that Jacksonville game. I know they felt like they could trust Ronnie week one when they needed him, when they were without Ron. Um, and he's played well, but I mean, yeah, you're, that's a big drop off. Like Grant was having a pro bowl caliber year. And he is one of the key cogs in this defense. He can do it all. He can cover. He's a big run stopper for them when they need it. He got a big sack last week. I mean, we've seen Grant flourish, I think, in this system. And his PFF grades don't do him justice, the job he's done this year. So it's a big loss. It's a big ask. Again, it's like when all of these dominoes start falling, it does start to make you nervous. Um, and, you know, I think, like, for so long, especially, like, this game, we've looked at, of, oh, they're going to beat the Bears, and they still should beat the Bears. But, like, the Bears have sneakily gotten better. They've won their last two straight. They're five and five and four in their last nine, I think. I just watched that game, um, the condensed version of their win over the Lions from last week, and some of the things Justin Fields is doing, the way he's breaking tackles, the way he's making reads, that's going to be a tough assignment, I think, to have to cover a guy like, or worry about a guy like DJ Moore, for example, and they're throwing all kinds of new wrinkles in there with him. So those young, undrafted guys, they're going to be tested, I guess, as soon as this week, even though people might not be assuming that from just the Bears' overall record. Mary Kay, should we be worried about Juan? I'm just, I mean, weird calf injury. We don't know the extent of it. He didn't practice today. I, In fact, I didn't even see him walk out. Like, the guys that didn't practice came walking out of the, you know, they all kind of stretch in this little indoor gym the Browns have. Um, and a bunch of them came walking out, including Kareem Hunt, who didn't practice because of injury. Uh, so it wasn't just the rest guys. I, I didn't see Juan come walking out of there. Maybe he did later after we left practice, but should we be concerned about this injury? Yes, I think I think so. When you are ruled out right before a football game, it means you have aggravated your injury. And when you're talking about a calf, uh, you know, we have had other guys on this team that have suffered calf injuries like Wyatt Teller, and sometimes that can be a three- to four-week injury, right? I mean, think about the fact that... Uh, Joe Burrow had a, a calf injury that kept him out. Now, there are always different grades of injuries, and you never really know how bad it is for someone. But it's never a good sign when you're going out to play a football game and then all of a sudden you're just a scratch that day. So I definitely think that's something to be concerned about. And I really do feel like the Browns are almost getting to the breaking point with the injuries. <laughs> and I just wrote about that. Um, I, I really think that they are almost at that point where you know, how many backups, how deep can you go uh, into your depth chart 
before it really starts to show up on the field. And I think, I hate to say it, but if, if some of these guys, like if Denzel Ward doesn't come back this week and Jordan Elliott doesn't come back and, you know, a couple of these other guys can't play, Juan Thornhill doesn't make it back, I think they're, they're into their depth. They are in the weeds with these injuries right now. And I think it's going to start to uh, it's going to start to show. Yeah, I mean, next man up is a great mantra, and it makes for great stories. And the Browns have certainly benefited from it. And I think they do a good job. Like I think Nick Harris is a good example of this, right? This is a guy that um, wasn't going to play, so they found something for him to do, and they've done it with like Michael Dunn. They've done it a little bit with Harrison Bryant. They've sort of found things for these guys to do. Even a D'Anthony Bell plays a ton of special teams. You know, Ronnie Hickman played special teams. So they sort of find work for these guys, and I think that helps keep them engaged. But at some point, you know, even a guy like Shelby, I'm just looking through the roster, a guy like Shelby Harris, he should be able to step in and help you out with the loss of Mo Hurst. But Shelby Harris is also 32 years old, a nine-year vet. Like at some point, you're you're going to be asking too much of him. And, you know, we don't know if Siaki Ika can play yet. At some point, Ashley... There's a reason that a guy was a, we're not even talking backups, third, fourth stringer, practice squad guy, and not, you know, in, in the case of ta- the tackles, Jack Conklin or, you know, Joel Batonio or someone like, like, there's a reason these guys aren't the high paid all pro type guys. And it's not because they can't play at all, but it's because maybe they can't play as much as you need them to play. Yeah, I don't remember what week it was um, because everything blends together now, <laughs> but I know like for a while, we were watching injury after injury after injury happen to guys on the offensive side of the football. And they were finding a way to figure those things out. But I remember saying, like, the thing that's going to worry me is if this starts happening on the defensive side of the ball. And so far, they've gotten by and they've been able to manage. But the last two days alone, when you're talking about the guys that we've lost, and I'll include Oboe in this, you know, potentially for the year, those are some big losses. Like, it's it's almost, you know, it's getting to the point where it's almost as bad as it was on the offensive side of the football. And that's hard to do because, you know, two of the guys you lost were Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson, who are, like, your two most important skill players maybe on this team. So, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm concerned. Like, it's, it's hard to feel optimistic about the injury stuff right now just because so much is unknown and it's hard to predict what that's going to look like. And we haven't even mentioned Amari Cooper is out there playing (laughs) with not only with a rib injury, but he was coming off of a concussion last week. And I don't know about Mm -hmm. you guys, but he certainly didn't look like himself Mm -hmm. to me last week. And I'm sure that the rib injury is worse than he's letting on because we know what he's all about. And even though the ribs weren't cracked, although sometimes I've had guys with cracked ribs absolutely not fess up to that until Mm -hmm. after the season. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I had three cracked ribs. Okay. Um, But he is not himself. And I think we have to keep an eye on on him as well. Because if he takes one more blow to the head or one more hit to the torso, he could be down too. And I think this is where you're starting to get into the point where, like, okay, maybe they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be held together with – glue and rubber bands by the time they get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, by the way, a little trivia here. Nick, Nick Harris officially has fullback under oh. his position. Fullback slash center. Wow. 
Whoa. So good for Nick. Nice. There we That's go. Exciting. Um, but no, you're you're right, Mary Ken. I think we might have mentioned that too on on the AMK pod. Like he didn't look like himself, even though he had a, a pretty good game on Sunday. He didn't look like Amari and anybody who's had a rib injury, even if it's not broken ribs, like it hurts. Like he, they might not be broken. They might just be bruised. You might've just taken a shot to him, but it hurts and it can hurt for a long time. And then you add in a concussion, um, you know, I don't know, maybe because of the ribs, he's not sleeping great. I mean, it's little stuff like that that can add up. And here we, that, that's a position that has remained relatively healthy. I know Marquise Goodwin has, has certainly had issues uh, with the blood clots and the, the concussion, but it's been a relatively healthy position. But on a week when, let's play one of our hits here, on a week when DeAndre Hopkins had a pretty good night on Monday, Ashley, they're still pretty thin at receiver even when they're healthy. Yeah, that watching that game, especially towards the end, was a nice reminder of that too. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, again, it's like you look at everything that's gone wrong with this passing game this year, and they've had to play four different quarterbacks, and four different quarterbacks have won. It's amazing that I think they've gotten the production they have at some level from this pass-catching core, but Amari Cooper is like the big cog in that machine right now, and, and Joe Flacco's gotten Elijah Moore going a little bit, and there's some familiarity there, but... Again, like it's almost like sack production to me. There's no one that you look at that you're like, it's it's basically it's Amari Cooper and everybody else at this point. That's like really how I feel about it. Um, and yeah, you're gonna have to use David Njoku more. And he had his first multi-touchdown game this past week, which kind of crazy that that's his very first <laughs> one in year seven. Um, but yeah, there's got to be more mind there and and all of that. It's just hard right now because <laughs> they're just they're running out of guys. They're running out of guys is what it comes down to. Okay, there we go. Another day, another injury podcast here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We'll be back on Friday with our uh, longer Browns-Bears preview, where once again, we'll have to make picks way earlier than we're ready to make them. Uh, But that's coming on Friday morning, so make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Become a football insider, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Uh, Orange and Brown Talk on Instagram, just search Orange and Brown Talk, and also find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening.